When there are now a million Oregonians registered to vote as Democrats. The next largest group is non-affiliated voters, 946,000 Democrats. There are a million and 2,307 registered Oregonians as Democrats. And then 711,000 Republicans. Today we are joined by Casey Hansen, the current chair of the Democratic Party of Oregon. Started her party leadership as Multnomah County Precinct Committee person following the 2004 presidential election, then later served as the Multnomah County Chair of the party. She is the first out lesbian to chair the DPO. Casey, welcome. Hey. <laughs> nice, to, nice to talk to you, Jeff. Hey, Joe. It's, it's been a while since I saw you. It's nice to hear your voice. How are you doing? How are you holding up? Anything new in your world other than, you know, there's a global pandemic and we're trying to deal with centuries of racial oppression? Yeah, it's just a good disharmonic convergence, right? Jeez. Um, you know, things are staying very busy for me. It's uh, it's a full-time, full-time gig with the Democratic Party, and um, I'm committed to it. And uh, I'm working with a, with a wonderful set of officers and a bunch of staff and, you know, a great cadre of Democrats all through the state, even though we are, uh, you know, doing most of our discussions virtually. In fact, all our discussions virtually. What do you have getting to do? Getting very used to Zoom. What do you have to do as state chair of the major party? How do you how do you gauge your success? Uh, well, the the ultimate gauge, of course, is getting wins. But uh, to get there, it's just making you know having a lot of communication with a lot of folks. I'm on the phone a heck of a lot. I'm on Zoom meetings a heck of a lot. Um, some you know. People know I run meetings and participate in uh, uh, Zoom meetings and stuff. But uh, what some folks may not know is, like, you know, we all we also have somewhat of a national reach. We connect with the uh, uh, folks, Democratic leadership throughout the country, and that's enabled me to be on several panels about vote by mail and promoting that. Just last week, I was on a panel with um, Washington D.C. Democrats. Yeah, with uh, Dave McDonald from Washington State and uh, a couple of other voter activists. Dave and I were specifically talking about vote by mail. Um, after the panel, the D.C. Dems, uh, you know, collectively uh, decided that they were going to officially make it their goal to uh, have D.C. go vote by mail. And if anybody saw what happened in D.C., I don't know if you can judge it against what the debacle and. Uh, Georgia that just happened the other day, but D.C. was uh, pretty much a mess with long lines and uh, crowded polling places and misfunctioning machines and ballots that people didn't get. So, you know, extolling the virtues of vote by mail is pretty important to Oregonians because we, you know, we believe in the people's ability to vote. <laughs> so, uh, let, let me try. Let me take another crack at my question. Sure. The in another way. The Democratic Party of Oregon, under Casey Hansen's leadership, will be successful if blank happens. If Democrats win, if people get involved, um, if people, you know, uh, not only get involved now, but for the long haul to make, well, in, in the words of our late friend Sue Hagmeyer, to wait to make people's lives better, because that's what the Democratic Party is all about. Um, and and obviously doing that is like getting the message of the Democratic Party out, you know, access, you know, from every every single issue that fits in with the Democratic platform, be it racial equality, access to health care, jobs, 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 fair jobs, 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 you know, the whole nine yards. I mean, 
we're real about our activism. We're real about what we believe, you know, regardless of what you look like, who you are, who you love, or believe it or not, even who you're registered with. Uh, you know, every Oregonian should be able to access, you know, the basics, basics of life. <laughs> so and that's let's what start the with, Democratic Party is about. Let's pick up with racial equality, with racial equity. You mentioned it. How is the DPO now showing up for how has it been or what does it need to do now to change how it's showing up for racial equality? Well, for years, the Democratic Party has been a full throated supporter of racial equity. But to truly get to that, we and frankly, any organization or individual needs to look inward as well as outward. Uh, last year, after I came into office, we established the real special committee. That's uh, the Racial Equity, Accountability, and Leadership Committee in the DPO, led by Dr. Rosa Colquitt, and comprised of mostly Democratic activists of color. And that that committee is first looking at the DPO itself to see where and how we can improve simultaneously, especially in the wake of recent events. Our leadership is working with elected folks of color in order to support their efforts in instituting policies and laws that can address systemic racism in agencies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and then bring our, our all our communities closer to racial equality. It's not going to be something that obviously happens overnight. We spent 400 years getting into the mess we're in right now with improvements along the way, but we really obviously a sea change is need, needed, and and we're we're working in partnership with our uh, Black Democratic leaders to be part of that. What are the biggest failures of the Democratic Party when it comes to racial justice? And let's only pick like the last 20 years and we can limit it to Oregon if you want. The biggest failures are probably not listening. I mean, you can't as, you know, the, the, quite frankly, a predominantly white person or white organization, I should say, um, you know, emote the tenets of racial equality and not include people of color in making those statements. And, you know, like uh, I, I think in the past, we've we've probably been pretty tone deaf to it. I mean, we, as I said, we have to be introspective about this. We need to do better. We need to be not just inclusive, but live our values. How will you measure success when it comes to racial equity? Or how should you? How, either it's that this is how much we're going to listen or this is how much we're going to do. Well, that's a good question. I, I I think it's a whole plethora of things. I mean, obviously, instituting specific policies. You know, if you're whether, regardless if you're talking about police agencies or educational funding, or looking at you know the the drastic income inequities and how it disproportionately affects folks of color. I mean, if we can make inroads societally, um, and the Democratic Party has an impact on that because of the people we elect and because of the people we support and the people that speak our message, you know, that's a success. Is it quantifiable? Well, it's quantifiable in elections. What elections are you tracking? What are the races that you're most closely watching? Oh, this is fun. I was very, and we were all very excited about the record Democratic primary turnout. For the first time, uh, we had uh, 1.3 million plus voters vote in the um, uh, Democratic, or uh, excuse me, the Oregon primary this 
this season. That broke 2016. That broke 20, 2008 records. And this was was with a non non uh, non contested presidential election. That shows me that showed us that that folks are excited about the election and there are a lot of races to be excited about certainly uh jeff merkley re-electing jeff merkley is at the top top of the ticket for our u.s senator the secretary of state's race an extremely tight race and with actually three great candidates is really important uh democrats need to get that seat back um uh, you know because let's talk about you know uh, voter access to the ballot that's what democrats are about We've got to pay attention to Pete DeFazio's race and protect his seat uh, down in uh, South South Coast, Oregon. Um, he's a great uh, U.S. federal representative for us, been there for years, but that, there's a Republican challenger that can give him a bit of a problem, so we want to protect Pete. In the state legislature, we have the, the turnout of the prim- primary makes me very excited because Melissa Cribbins of SD5 and Cal Mokomoto um, also, the South Coast running for the House. Those are great new candidates running for Arnie Roblins and Caddy McCallum's seat. In Bend, we've got a great shot for takeaways from the GOP with Eileen Kiley and SD27 and Jason Crowe and uh, HD54, um, who had wonderful showings in the primary. And in the Valley, we've got several good folks running, great folks running, including Deb Bander- Patterson and SD10. And folks need to pay attention to their county races and know their county uh, uh, folks up for office, too. We've got to protect Ken Humberson's seat, seat locally in Clackamas. Oh, and I should uh, also give a shout-out in the metro area to Anna Williams, who is East Multnomah County and North Clackamas and then up over the mountain New Hood River. She's uh, been a great legislator in her, in her first term, and we want to get her into a second term. Why the focus on legislative races? It's not all you talked about, but you've put a significant focus on legislative races. You're so we want them. We want to. We want to maintain, maintain a majority, and and expand that majority. Now, you may you may have noticed the uh, Senate Republicans have discovered a new uh, modus operandi, which which is fairly unpleasant. It is uh, walking away literally out of state and shutting the process down if they don't like you know build this up um that shouldn't be happening so well how can we prevent that the the simplest way is to elect more democrats so we can make quorums in other words make make their efforts of walking away absolutely moot um besides which the just the whole the whole republicans walking away is to me, that deserves Democratic votes. <laughs> so, how does the Democratic Party in Oregon relate to the work with the National Democratic Party? This is a question from a listener. Uh, they didn't say their name, so I'm assuming it was from Deborah Winger, uh, the uh, legendary actress from Terms of Endearment. But go ahead. How does the Democratic Party in Oregon connect with the National uh, DNC? And, and let me let me pipe in on that question. Well, we're, we're downstream from the DNC. They, you know, they don't tell us how to operate, much like we don't tell our county parties how to operate. Um, but we do have representation at the Democratic National Committee level. And um, probably the most effective national organization that I I work with is the ASDC, which is Association of State and uh, uh, State Central Committees. Uh, in other words, the chairs, the vice chairs, and the executive directors of the various states and territories. 
that's a really strong group, a real effective group in um, just basically a lot of sharing of information and uh, keeping us up on, on DNC happenings and that kind of thing. You know, we actually have a weekly meeting of folks of the Western region with that. Um, as far as DNC, DNC as an entity um, meets fairly rarely. Um, obviously, the big event coming up is the Democratic National Convention, which we all feed into. Um, but uh, and, and I, I, I got to give credit here too. I was able to participate on a DNC panel again about vote by mail. So, you know, they connect they connect with activists and and you know folks in in the states for you know appropriate issues and I work in pretty appropriate for vote by mail. I want to, Dad. Go ahead. Still, can you still hear me? Uh, barely, but go ahead. Well, what I, what I relevant to what you're talking about? What is, how are we going to go about electing the delegates to the national convention? And what do you see happening with the national convention under the the need for social distancing and all of the COVID problems? Okay, so two answers to that question, and I apologize, I'm getting a little feedback. That's what I'm hesitating a bit. Um, number one, Oregon, which normally conducts conventions, well, we conduct conventions in the five CDs as normal process that, that to select delegates at the at the congressional district level. That's what I mean by CD. And then after that, we conduct a state convention to elect the re remainder of the um, 60 odd uh, pledge delegates, candidate pledge delegates to the Democratic National Convention. That's normal MO. Obviously, with COVID, we had to uh, change the format, and uh, what proposal was made and voted on by the State Central Committee to convert to basically a vote by mail and remote voting voting system. And we did that. They approved it in an overwhelming fashion. And we're conducting the vote, vote by mail, remote voting, uh, delegate selection process. And uh, we had, we had. Uh, I'm very excited to report that this doubled our our participation in Congressional District Two, which is a congressional district east of the Cascades. Now, as far as what's going to happen with a Democratic National Convention, uh, DNC members just also voted remotely. We. Uh, just completed the balloting uh, a couple weeks ago uh, to allow the rules committee to adapt to COVID um, by instituting a, a partial virtual or maybe a full virtual convention. Now they have that latitude via our vote, so it just remains to be seen. Wisconsin, where uh, Milwaukee was, where the DNC was to be, is to be in August. Uh, has had ups and downs and ups of uh, cases and of COVID. So, 
A lot depends on how Wisconsin is at that point. But then again, we've got people coming in from all over the country and all over the territory. How can Democrats, why aren't they pushing for progressive policies like a state bank, free college tuition, in-state residents for in-state residents, statewide health care for all? What is the Oregon Democratic Party doing to make it easier for unions to organize? Here's another one. What ideas do you have for getting corporate money out of Oregon state politics? Here's another one. What are you going to do? What is your advice? Maybe this one. What is your advice? Because it's so timely. And we'll, we can talk about the other things in general another time, I hope. What, what is your advice for candidates who are receiving or have received police union contributions? Oh, wow. Uh, well, candidate contributions are always an, an individual decision. Um, so they're, they're going to have to search their own soul and their own heart, whether it's a police contribution, contribution, what police department it is, you know, and, you know, how it fits with their own ideals and platforms. You know, I'm not going to bust, bust the chops of a department that I don't know of that does, you know, that is fully engaged with community policing and, and truly believes in protecting and serve. We're going to have to leave that. We're going to so, have to leave that as the answer. But, Dad, okay. it is time for Straw the Wind. But, Casey, I want to say thank you so much for being with us. And I hope we can do this in a little while because there were some real questions that people want to hear more about on policy stuff. Okay, dpo.org. People want to get involved. Go to dpo.org and they can find out their county parties and get connected. Thanks, Casey. Appreciate you. Thank you.